to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can get what up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 279 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I am joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? What's going on, brother? I am ready to hit the ground running on this one. I got some hate to get out of my heart today. Can we just get it moving, please? <laughs> I thought we were, you know, being a, a faux media that we are, that it was our obligation to uh Tell everybody how grateful they should be that boxing is back. Um, if you think this is going to be a show for Top Rank episode, you might want to tune out. But guys, you just had a Top Rank VP on your show. Aren't you guys getting paid? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're getting paid all right. <laughs> uh, we're getting paid. Um, yeah, so boxing is back. Uh, top Rank on ESPN. Came back with two cards on Tuesday night and on Thursday night. And they got two more coming this upcoming week. So we'll get to that. And then, of course, the big news of uh, the boxing cycle. Look, man, I just think that the bottom line is is that Sir Edward of Hearn is feeling a little frustrated because the zone don't have their shit together <laughs> and needed something to announce, so they uh, are in cahoots with Tyson. We'll get to the whole fucking yeah. you know conspiracy theory. Oh yeah, um, you know epic matchups that are are, are going to happen in five different countries. <laughs> you know, on a yacht. You know what I mean? These these deals getting signed now are just, and they're not even signed. They're just like, well, we've announced that in principle, in principle, we would like to fight each other. <laughs> what does that really mean? Well, it means that we like the idea of fighting one another. Do you guys like the idea? Sounds like it could be a good one. <laughs> you have come up with some good ones in the past. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous, man. I uh, love it. Um, yeah, so we'll get to all of that as well. We appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 279 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, everywhere you get audio podcasts. Check out the video version, full-length video version of the Boxing Rant Podcast on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at the Boxing Rant and at Vince Cummings 81. And, of course, you can uh, drop by our website, BoxingPod.com. That's BoxingPod.com. All right, without further ado, I'm so excited, so anxious, I'm so jazzed, so fired up right now to talk about the return of boxing. And I just really wanted to start off this entire segment here, Vin, by just telling the the brass at top rank um, – Everybody, everybody involved in the production from the guy that hung the lighting and the scaffolding to the guy that unfurled the canvas in the ring and how fucking thankful I am. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how much they like they should rename today Thanksgiving part two because (laughs) I am so thankful that boxing is back. I really am. I I don't blame you, man. I mean, really, it it was awesome to see it. Just I mean, really. Uh, honestly yeah this is what they're gonna give us is this absolute bag of shit like that's what that was <laughs> it was two big bags of shit one on tuesday one on thursday <sighs> the numbers showed it people do not want to watch something just because they need it like i need it i, I have to have it this isn't fucking crack cocaine this isn't fucking heroin if it's not good i don't fucking want to watch it and that is apparent like i okay Good job, guys. You pulled it off. 
How valiant. How fucking... Uh, I cannot believe you were able to do such a thing in such tough times. While right outside the fucking door, where you're hosting your uh, bubble fights, everybody's out there walking around the fucking casino floor. No mask. Maybe a mask. Who knows? Everybody leaves that event, goes out to dinner, goes out... What the fuck are we even doing? Like, what is this? This is a a complete and utter joke, and the product on top of it was even worse. I mean, a disgrace to fucking what boxing is. I'm glad Shakur Stevenson got in the ring, Ken, and he's one of my favorite young fighters to watch. But can anybody fucking tell me what that fight did for that kid other than get him a paycheck and get him on TV in front of 300 and some odd thousand people that were watching. Yep. Nobody gave a fuck. It did nothing for the kid's career. It did nothing for top rank. It did nothing for the sport. It was just, it was nothing. It's a, it's a, I, like, I didn't even watch on Thursday. What happened on Thursday? I don't know. I didn't watch. Tuesday was enough fucking punishment, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, look, man, I, I don't disagree with, with anything that you just said, especially when it comes to the fights. And, you know, you you brought up um, what was going on outside in the casino while they were in this bubble. And I couldn't help but get the feeling, like, look, I know a lot of people, those that did, uh, you know, tune in for boxing were a little discouraged that, you know, the announcing crew went down the road of getting like, you know, of, of getting political, oh, God. you know, about 15, 20 minutes into this thing. Um, and a lot of people just changed the channel because they weren't you know, like, that's not what they tuned in for. Whatever. OK, like, I, I know that that was part of it um, to me. And, and I became extremely curious about the announcing and the fact that they had everybody in separate locations. And I couldn't help but think to myself, OK. So what we all know what's really going on, and this has kind of been the story with this whole coronavirus thing and the way that the me- like the media has presented it. And it's just like in society, everybody wants to get on the right side of things and everybody right. wants to put together, you know, look, guys. I mean, that's why everybody goes, you know, I'm not saying everybody. There are people out there that are going to these protests and they're there for good reasons. And, you know, they want to see like real change. But then you see the opportunists that are out there and they want to get a picture showing that they were at the protest so they can get more Twitter follows and they can get the affirmation of people that, you know, they otherwise will never meet in their entire lives. So we know that ESPN has always been in the business of optics, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And even some of their employees have gone as far to criticize um, the sporting entities, you know, most notably Adam Schefter criticizing the NFL's every move while this so-called carnage in the street is going on and how dare they continue on, you know, while all this is going on, blah, blah, blah. But I, I kind of noticed it with the announcing. I, I was sitting there, and I'm like, first and foremost, the announcing was obnoxious, okay? You got Tim Bradley, who was sitting two feet away from his camera. And, like, somebody needed to, like, tell him. was like, dude, you need to, like, move that camera back a little bit. You got money. That can't be the biggest room in your house, yeah, right? Move it back, and then somebody unplug it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing that, you know, obviously, 
most people were 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 annoyed with the with the delay, right? Right. You got Joe Tessitore's like calling like the live action feed and then talking over top because there's like the timing is off between Tim Bradley, between Kriegel and you know, Kriegel talks so damn slow. Jesus. You know what I mean? So I'm sitting here, I'm like, would you guys shut up? You're talking over each other. This is not working. And then I started thinking to myself, and I know you all gotta call me a conspiracy theorist on this, but knowing what we know how the real world was going on around this bubble is I couldn't help but think, is it really necessary for all of them to be doing this from their house? Or is this ESPN's mandate? Guys, we have to show that we are taking social distancing seriously. And if somebody you know, dares criticize the fact that we have announcers in the same room that are even separated by more than six feet, guys, we need to make sure that everybody sees that ESPN is on top of this. That's how it came off to me. Yeah. And it made an otherwise pretty cool production setup considering the circumstances yeah. in, in air quotes or whatever. But dude, it just completely ruined it shit on top of shitty fights. And I, I, it's, it's really difficult for that to happen. We've been highly critical of announcing and quality of fights and shitty announcing of shitty fights. And, but this took it to a completely different level. Um, Kriegel has no business like being anywhere near a live telecast of fights. Anybody who talks <laughs> like this, it's like, guy, hurry up and finish your fucking sentence so I can talk about the guy that just got knocked out laying in the, in the middle of the ring. Hold on. Not quite done. I mean, and you're going to be the, the, the desperation to tie Shakur Stevenson to Floyd Mayweather somehow as if that's going to help the kid's career. <laughs> Most people watching are like, no disrespect to Shakur Stevenson because Vince and I know who he is yeah. and know what he will be, but they're like, who's Shakur Stevenson? Yeah. He's still a prospect. And they're, they've all, they're jumping the shark, putting expectations to a very small, I mean, they're like, I don't know, man. I think the audience reflected that their people just have other things to do and we've talked about it before like we don't if if there if there was one sporting event on every day of the week right mm -hmm. and every day of the week it was women's softball right yep or high school basketball i wouldn't watch it i do not need i don't need to watch in uh, inferior quality competition, there, there there was no competition. That's that's the thing. It's not just about there being fucking sports. It has to be highly competitive. It has to be that sport contested at a high level. And I get it. Yeah, Shakur Stevenson, one of the best young fighters in boxing right now. Skill set unfucking believable. I don't need to tune in to watch him beat the fuck out of some guy that does not belong in the ring. It's a fucking joke. I, I don't want anything to do with it. And you nailed it. It's nothing more, that this ESPN production is nothing more with them being so fucking scared of anyone criticizing them. that they, they're, like People are so scared of getting criticized these days, anybody, that they throw honesty out the window and they just conform and, and, and mold themselves into whatever everybody will like. That's what I'll be. And that's essentially what ESPN is doing on a, on a massive scale in production and, and the way they're producing the product. It's just I, – I don't fuck – like 
can anybody explain to me how this makes any fucking sense? Yeah. We're in a bubble, but outside of that bubble, everybody is doing normal life stuff. <laughs> Everybody's sitting there smoking cigarettes at the slot machine. Yeah. What the fuck is going on here? You got to be fucking kidding me. I don't get it. And and if this is the product we're going to get, like I just looked at the schedule and who's coming up here, there ain't one fucking fight. I, I really, really, I mean, Joshua Greer Jr.'s fighting Tuesday night. Okay. Young fighter, talented, like to see him do some work. He doesn't really get a lot of shine. Maybe this will be the most shine he's ever gotten. But he, again, he's fighting a nobody. A nobody. And it's pe- somebody that people don't know already that you're trying to introduce them to fighting a nobody that I, sometimes these guys are so, these opponents are so fucking bad, it makes the, it, it brings the product down. Even if it is a Shakur Stevenson or a Joshua Greer, the, their level comes down to the level they're in the ring with at times. And it just, it's just bad for the fucking sport across the board man like and they're going to continue on because these dates are set but jesus christ is it terrible i mean fucking garbage and boy are they lucky that that hand injury that shakur stevenson suffered wasn't a break could you Uh, imagine if he broke his hand yeah yep against a against a a, a 200 to 1 underdog that that does nothing for his career man and and, and you're right that would have fucking that would have derailed him for a year and then you have hand problems moving forward. You know, like the same thing happened to Floyd Mayweather. His style didn't change because he was like, "Oh, I'm just going to change up my style in the middle of his career." It was, "Nah, my hands are fucking brittle, and I can't throw them like I used to." So this is why I fight like this now. So you're going to, you know, you're putting something on a on a young kid like that that could last the next ten years of his career. And I think it's a really bad look. Um, you know him moving up to to 130 pounds. I think it's a really really bad look to have not been able to get that guy out of there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you are a 200 to one underdog or favorite, and you can't beat a guy that has no business carrying your your jock strap. Like you you he can't carry your jock strap, but you're going to carry him through this fight. It's just a horrible look. I don't care about the style and stuff. People are not going to be. Uh, look, when Shakur Stevenson fights elite fighters mm-hmm. at 130 to 135 pounds as he moves up, I do not think he's going to have any power carried with him, and he's going to really, really struggle. So they're going to continue to compare him to Money Mayweather and lose the context that you just brought up, which is that it wasn't just that he went from Pretty Boy Floyd to Money Mayweather. It wasn't just a heel turn. Right. It wasn't just, like, there was more, there was actual boxing reasons that went yeah. behind that. You know what I mean? It was a great business decision, a great persona. I mean, it helped bring him to another level. And the way that he was able to fight went really well with that persona. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yep. Had he, that persona may may not work as well if you know, he, he kind of adopted a Ted DiBiase million-dollar man sort of persona. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, no doubt. Like, look at me. I can do whatever I want. I can box in a way that pisses you off. Yeah. And I'm going to sit here and grind your gears all the way to the bank. You know what I mean? Yep. And the reality of the situation is is that he couldn't he could not stay in the persona because of injuries. Yeah. And I'm not saying Shakur Stevenson's going to have – that same run of bad luck that that Floyd Mayweather did from being in hellacious fights early on in his career. Yes. But the whole just, I mean, they have put, 
they've taken the cart and leapfrog an entire stable of horses. <laughs> yes. You know, what What else is there? Fortunately, if anything silver lining-wise came out of this from the hyperbolic ESPN crew and was the fact and, and the fact that they only had 300,000 people tuning in was that nobody had to sit through all of that bullshit, which does not help the development of a Shakur Stevenson. No. And then you saw the narrative leading into the fight. Everybody on the top-ranked ESPN side of things were saying, oh, we're just going to dip our toes in at 130 pounds and then go back to 126 mm. and fight Josh Warrington. And you heard immediately, Joe Tessitore goes, hey, hey, Dre. Take that promoter hat off for one, or that announcer hat off for one minute, and be his manager. Tell us about the future. And and Andre Ward was like, Andre Ward's like, yeah, you know, um, we're probably gonna do like, uh, you know, maybe one or two more fights at 130, and then go for a belt. Like completely dismissed. Yeah. Never said anything about going back to 126 pounds whatsoever. Uh, just, just come out and say what you mean. Yeah. Stop with the bullshit. And 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 look, man. Everybody thinks oh Ken's got a hard on for Kriegel. It's not. He doesn't fit. No, he doesn't. I'm telling you right now. I respect the guy. He is a great writer. He has put in the work to get where he has gotten in his career, and he's very well respected. And apparently, he's a really nice guy. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. It's not a personal attack. He does not fit. No. He talks too fucking slow for boxing. And you know what the best part of that entire coverage of that first night's card was when Testator goes, like he's in the middle of saying something and then he stops because they can hear, like they can hear uh, Buddy McGirt. Right? Oh, yep, yep, yep. And, and Buddy's like talking, he's yelling and he's talking. And they're like, oh, yeah, sometimes it's just best to shut up and listen. It's like having a fourth man in the booth listen to Buddy. And they just let him talk for a minute. And it was. It was so much better than yeah. the announcers yeah. listening to the instruction coming from Buddy McGirt in the corner. I mean, it's just they tried too fucking hard. And one of the biggest complaints, and we should have said this to Carl Moretti when he was on the show. I know you don't give a fuck. None of you do. What fans think. No. Okay? I know you don't. Get your fucking heads out of your asses and listen to the fans when they tell you, I'm going to talk like Mark Kriegel so maybe you understand. Stop with all the fucking breaks in between fights. It's bad enough when we're anticipating a big fight. It is torturous in between horrible, gross mismatches. It is fucking torture. And I'm telling you right now, as a diehard boxing fan, I have never found it more easy or more just natural feeling to just be like, I'm fucking changing the channel. Yeah. I mean, dude, I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch this fucking Netflix documentary on, on Spock. You know? <laughs> like, th that to me is more intriguing right. than watching this nonsense you can't even bet on it. Typically, like college football games, right? Yeah. Like, I don't watch every college football game. I might only watch one or two of the big games, but I'm sure as hell more inclined to watch a game that I have money on. Yeah. You can't bet on 200 to 1. <laughs> no. Y you can't even get action that way. Oh, my God. You can't even get forced enthusiasm. No. No. It's it's just, there, there's not, like, I, I'm trying to, like, 
put on a positive hat and like think of one positive thing. You are, you are? P for positive yeah. on your hat, right there. <laughs> He's wearing his positive hat. Uh, I I got nothing, man. <laughs> I I really got nothing, other than congratulations. You pulled it off. Wow, wow, just. I know. Just, I mean, the the courage that it took to do that. The I, courage that it took to walk through the lobby to get to the convention center. <laughs> to have to walk through all of those rabid gamblers, chain-smoking and boozing maskless. <laughs> Did they literally, like, wrap themselves in a giant plastic bubble and, like, roll through the hallways of the, <laughs> of the MGM? Were they in, like, a hazmat tank? Like, like, like you know, in E.T.? You yeah. know what I mean? When they're in those tents and everybody's wearing hazmat suits? <sighs> I just, dude, it's just the weirdest. Like, I just don't get it. If somebody can explain it to me in a way that makes it, it's not. It's unexplainable. It's retarded. Oh, it's boxing. Then, like, six people test positive for for COVID-19 in the in the first week during this successful launch inside the bubble, right? right. They got, like, uh, three fighters test positive. Yeah. Okay? One of their main fighters for the first card test positive, yep. right? And um, all the while, boxing still doesn't matter one bit because if that would have happened when nba when the nba comes back to their orlando bubble the whole world would have shut down and the lockdowns in all the major cities would have commenced all sports would have been over we would have all been deloused and somebody would be fingering our ass right this second (laughs) but no not not in boxing ken this week (laughs) not only did that happen but we got a positive drug test from a woman fighter who ingested it from a male this is boxing. This, these, like that, if you had tried that excuse in any other sport, like, yeah, swallowed my boyfriend's load last night, so I'm testing positive. I don't know how it happened. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. You're cleared. <laughs> what the, like, this fucking sport, man, I'm telling you, it's like, there's no fucking boundaries as to what happens. No, they're like, hey, did you hear? Oh, my gosh. Six people tested positive for COVID at the boxing. Really? That's it? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's boxing. <laughs> Most people are like, really? So does that mean it's going away? Like we don't really need it anymore at all? Because it really doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Yeah. Uh, look, and, and it's it's all for naught because I thought that visually it looked okay. Yeah, I, th- I think they did a good job. But there you go. You did a good job setting up in the in the conference room yeah. or wherever. It's yeah, at. your tech guy. Yeah, good for him. Um, I don't know, man. I would have just said fuck it and invite everybody in from the casino. Uh, yeah, open the doors. Why not? You know, I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't let them in there because they need their money going into the slot machine and at the tables. <laughs> we'll just call it a bubble. Yeah. Nobody's allowed in. Yeah. Oh, man. That shit is so funny. It's terrible is what it is. So you're looking forward to the fights this week then? No. I'm not. I'm not going to watch either one of them. Well, I might tune in for Greer. That's about it. But here's the problem. That first show, what was it? Fucking three hours with four fights? I think it was longer than that. It was. It felt longer. Than oh, that. my God. It was excruciating to fucking, like, the first hour. I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. I haven't watched boxing in a while. I'll just keep it on. And it just, I just, the more they talk, the more uh, bullshit filler that they put in between fights. It's like, I can't, I, can't, I can't fucking do it. I can't do it. I cannot do it. Look, the the the, uh, the Adam Lopez fight that opened up Thursday night, right? Look, it was a really competitive fight, and there were a lot of punches thrown. Right. But again, like, the whole selling point on that fight was that Adam Lopez felt, and some people felt, that he should have won the Oscar Valdez fight because he dropped Valdez, and that was like the was whole... 
bad stoppage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like that was the whole thing, right? And but the thing is, like you watch the fight, like you watch Adam Lopez and um, uh, Luis Correa and or Correa, Correa, whatever. Um, he comes out throwing balls to the wall. There's like a hundred punches thrown each in the first round, and it just gets sloppy, and they get tired. And yes, it was competitive, but again, where are these guys heading? Like they're not. They're heading to Opponentville. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know what I'm saying? They got a like, first class ticket to be in somebody's opponent. Exactly. That's exactly who they are. Um, and then it takes you hours to get to your so-called main event. And look, what happened in the Magdaleno fight in the in the main event is to me is exactly kind of how Magdaleno's career has gone, where it's, it's like confusing. Just how do you only have one loss? Because this thing, like, right. it's like seemed to go off the rails at some point. He beat Donaire. He did beat Donaire. He did. <laughs> he did beat Donaire. So what? What happened? Did you just like? It's like the, it's like the like the curious case of Gilberto Ramirez. <laughs> exactly. It's like hold on a second. So it's you, strange how some top rank fighters sometimes just disappear. <laughs> they just there's no explanation for why they don't get work. Yeah, I don't get it. And I, look, I will say this though. All joking aside, I do feel really badly for Jesse Magdaleno's nutsack. <laughs> I didn't see, but I heard he took four or five low blows, and they finally called it. It was more than four or five. <laughs> I mean, they didn't call it until the until the tenth round. Jesus Christ! Yeah, um, it was a uh, a brutal beatdown of his nutsack. That's for sure. That is for sure. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, the big headline is now does. Jesse Magdaleno deserve a title shot. Oh. Sure, he can be an opponent for Gary Russell. He can be an opponent. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, that yes, great. We're setting the stage for right. another journeyman. And Shakur Stevenson, we're going to tell you now, even though it's probably we won't really know for about eight years or so, <laughs> right. right? But he's going to be better than Floyd Mayweather. Apparently. I mean, he's dodging punches against guys that wouldn't even place in a West Virginia tough man competition. <laughs> I think when Floyd was 22, maybe it was 23, I think that's when he fought for his first title. And it, it was against a legit professional fighter who had been around, who's established. Uh, it, these guys, it's like, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's just doing nothing for the kid's career. That, that To me, you just stag- he's just stagnating. That's a, you, you televise the fucking sparring session. And I and I'm not here for it, man. I'm sorry. It's just it's garbage. Yeah. So uh who fights this week? Uh all I know is Joshua Greer Jr. fights on Tuesday in the main event. I don't know about Thursday. Man, I really hope that they're able to get some some big time fights back because I I would like to continue doing this show. Mm-hmm. You know it's hard it's hard. But honestly, I just Maybe it has been like this realization when 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 this part of like your time that's been occupied by by sports now you start to feel like man I was, I I knew I was a fucking loser but jeez I really was a fucking big ass loser <laughs> just spending I, dude both of us have spent the majority of our adult lives watching fucking sports and paying astronomical amounts of money to attend them. Yeah, and and gamble on them and lose too. It is the biggest life suck for both of us, and it's not even close. I think it's a bigger life suck suck than drugs and alcohol were. Oh, 
I think it all adds up. I think it all all combined. It's like, wow, what fucking losers. We just paid $500 to go to this fight, mm-hmm. and we bet $200 on it, and we spent $12 a drink. <laughs> it's At the end of the day, it's like, I spent 1200 bucks to be disappointed. And have to drive home with the worst fucking hangover uh, in the world. Hangover so bad you can't even fall asleep. Don't forget paying that $50 to get, or maybe even more than that, to get your car out of a garage in, in Manhattan yeah, for, I think it was for, more. for 24-hour parking. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Oh, man, I love boxing. I do. I love it. Oh, and guess what? I got an email the other day from Amtrak asking us how our experience was uh, when we... That was a non-refundable, wasn't it? Yep. When we took our train ride on uh, on May 30th to New York City for <laughs> Lomachenko Lopez. And, uh, I, I, dude, I even got like three or four phone calls from saying, hey, this is Amtrak calling for a survey to see how your trip went to New York City. <laughs> Who the fuck is going to that hellhole? How do you think it went? Like you know, like what kind of I, dude? I, I wanted to be like I wish that 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 robot who was who was acting like they were my friend on the phone asking me how my trip went. You know what I mean? <laughs> how was your day? You know, I wish I, I wish they could just hear me. Like you don't care. Stop asking me that. You know I wasn't on that train. Just call me and say thank you for the free money. It's like the driver. What was it? Total Recall, where the driver was a robot and. <laughs> oh man no i didn't go on your fucking amtrak you'd be trapped in a tiny uncomfortable space with a bunch of covids uh, yeah headed to a fucking covid central yeah no. <laughs> covid central station no no uh-uh. absolutely not um okay top rank on espn yeah good job guys keep up the good work yep Keep up the good work. All right, let's get to the big news of the week. I don't know what to make of this news, okay? I don't know what to make of this news. Here's what I do know. It seemed to all sort of coincide with the lack of interest on night one of Top Rank's return. Mm -hmm. Um, And then conveniently on night two, they needed some more filler in between these epic, horrible mismatches. DAZONE seems to not exist anymore and is still charging people even after they pause their accounts, stealing money. Um, Eddie Hearn, well, we know Eddie Hearn needs attention. What happened to them garden fights, Edward? Sir Edward of Hearn. Um, You know, look, to me, the announcement that Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua, not only has it been agreed to financially, in principle, Technically, maybe, prob- <laughs> probably going to happen, right? Yeah. Financial terms disclosed. Not only did they agree to one fight, but they agreed to two fights, and both of them are going to happen next year. Meanwhile, Tyson Fury has a contractual obligation to Deontay Wilder for a third fight in that saga, and nobody has a fucking clue when that fight's going to happen. Hey, uh... I got I got two guys on the line here that want to talk to Mr. Hearn and Mr. Aram. They go by a guy's name of uh it's a Michael Bent and James Buster Douglas Jr. <laughs> I mean, have we never seen this happen before? These fights get fucking derailed all the time when you announce them in advance. This is now the second time we've gotten uh Tyson Fury signing a two-fight deal before he fights a fight to get to that two-fight deal. Mm-hmm. This this precedent being set is so fucking odd. Well, at least he fought those two fights after previously agreeing to fight the two-fight deal <laughs> after he fought another guy. It's, it's, 
It's not like he's he's got he's fighting a stiff. He's fighting a guy that knocked him down twice in their first fight. And like they're completely dismissing any chance as if Deontay Wilder like it, it's funny to me. It's from with Deontay Wilder it's gone from it only takes one punch, it only takes one second to now everybody who saw that second fight is like I don't need to see the third fight. Well, what happened to the one punch? Is that gone? Yeah. No, that still exists and can happen in a third fight. So for them to just be dismissing that, and and then you got like I love Tyson Fury. He's been he's been saying some good shit here lately, and you know he's calling uh, fucking Dillian White a goddamn gym sweeper, which cracked me up. Um, but you know he comes out and he's like, I have. Uh, Deontay Wilder rated as the second best heavyweight in the world right now, and Anthony Joshua as the third. So you're signing a fight to fight the third-ranked guy, but you're not worried about the second-ranked guy you have to fight before him to get to him. Uh, it just is fucking retarded. It does not make sense. Um. Yeah. I. I don't. I don't get, look. I. Do you have a date? Do you have a venue? No. 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 Nothing. Okay. Great. You guys agreed on fi- financially. Okay. This is the part. That that everybody is just you know uh, you know beating their meat to, it's they've agreed to a fifty fifty purse split in the first fight, and then in the second fight it will be a sixty forty purse split, and the sixty percent will go to the guy who wins the first fight. So you know, <laughs> so, so but other than that, nothing's signed and nothing's agreed to. No dates, no locations, no guarantee that that. Joshua still has a fight against Pulev. Yeah. And I hate to break it to you, as exhausting as watching Kubrat Pulev is, he's one of the most... I would rather watch Isaac Chalemba fight <laughs> than watch fucking Kubrat Pulev fight. Yeah. He is, That's saying a lot. He is the most inactive, boring heavyweight oh. in boxing today. But he's just big enough and just strong enough. And Anthony Joshua seems to be just hurt enough after we've seen pictures of him walking around, not with a little tiny knee brace on like he tweaked it playing basketball. This wasn't a copper fit knee brace. <laughs> no, it was not a copper fit sleeve on his knee. Yeah. No. Not Brett Favre approved. No. This was more like a Joe Theismann knee brace. Yeah. And, and walking around on crutches, right? Yeah. He didn't just have a procedure to get some fluid drained off the cap. No. <laughs> no. So, look, there's way too many things at play here before you tell us that you're going. And then and then you hear this, okay? I know that Bob is really old, and I know like that he will do interviews with anybody, and he tells everybody, even if he has 10 interviews in one day, he will tell all 10 people regarding uh, uh, Tyson Fury that his next fight is going to take place in a different continent, yeah. on a different island, from a different oil tycoon paying for the bill. I mean, dude, every answer that Aram gives is like, oh, it's going to be in Australia. Oh, it's going to be in Macau. Oh, it's going to be in the UAE. Oh, it's going to be in Dubai. Oh, it's going to be in this. Oh, it's going to be in... And it's like, oh my gosh, guys, we get it. We understand this. Who are you talking to? Nobody cares. No. But I'm telling you right now, man, Bob doesn't have it nearly as much. I mean, they're hey, look in the United States. There's obviously faction D riders, right? Oh, yeah. you got people that ride with the PBC, that ride with Top Rank, that ride with whatever, right? In the UK, they all dangle from Sir Edward of Hearn's nutsack, you know. And when Sir Eddie 
is tired of interviewing Shannon Courtney ten times a week on Zoom, <laughs> right? Yes. And, and and tired of hearing fucking you know that 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 loud smack from Coogan Cash's fucking chasing Tony Bellew around naked in his mansion. Sm- <laughs> you know what I mean? And the boobs jiggling, running around. And I'm not talking about women boobs. No, we're talking about Bellew boobs. <laughs> we're talking about Bellew boobs. Um, Eddie needs. Look, he called Bob and was like, "Look, Bob, I really need this." I really, really need this. I'm starving over here. Bob's like, Ed, unbutton your top button. Okay? Just unbutton it. Grow a beard. Right? Yeah. Let your hair down a little bit. It'll be okay. Can you at least, at least just throw me a bone here? Okay. Yes, you can tell the world that Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua is going to happen. Meanwhile, <laughs> Mr. Frank Warren chimes in and goes, there ain't no fucking deal. Yeah. What, what, what are Bob and Eddie playing here? Honestly, there's no deal. So shut up, because Frank Warren is a pragmatist. Yes. He understands there is no deal. It, it's just like, well, what platform are you going to have it on? Is the zone going to be around still? Yeah. Where, where is it going to be? <laughs> What's the pay-per-view going to cost? Yeah. I, like, I, all of this, like, and it just pisses me off because it's just boxing dangling the fucking carrot like they always do. And especially in a time like this when you cannot give a shit. So you're just constantly like, well, eventually, when things get back to normal, you're going to get this and you're going to get that. This is just not how, like, what about the history of boxing tells me I should be like, oh, okay, it's all going to happen. They say it's going to happen. Ken, it's going to happen. No, you guys, you guys have no equity. This is all fucking bullshit, man. Like, excuse me, sir. Uh, When you have something that you can tell me is legit and going to happen, you can announce it. Until then, you know, here's all you need to know about Eddie Hearn. He loves to have his name and his, his matchroom sport just being talked about. So he says a lot of shit that leads to nothing that people eat up what happened to these fights in your backyard they were so close to happening eddie i don't know not a word not a word about that so what do we need we need a little tyson fury anthony joshua news ken yep we got it we got to stay out there we it's it's pathetic it's it's fucking pathetic this there's no reason for me to believe for one second that this fight is even semi a possibility in 2021. So why are we talking about it? Well, we're talking about it because outside of that, boxing ain't got shit. No. No, and look, I, I equate it to this. It's like, you know, coming off of a, of a poor performance, say when you were like 22 years old, right? Mm-hmm. And she says to you, don't worry. It's not done growing yet. <laughs> right? And then ten, 10 years later, another, another piss poor performance. And she goes, it's just too small. But she told me it was going to keep growing. You know? No, once you kind of, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's done growing at 22. Yeah, I would hope. <laughs> it's an anomaly if it isn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if you're 22 and out there, expect don't it. Don't believe what they tell you. Don't believe the hype. <laughs> no. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> just accept it. That's a good analogy, Kevin. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, man. I would love to. I'm like I'm. I'm sitting here like looking at my notes, and the fact that there could be a, a super duper undisputed heavyweight champion for the first time in 20 plus years is fantastic. Cool. I want to see it. I would rather that I would rather Tyson Fury go right to the Anthony Joshua fight. Yeah. I I personally fall into the category of those. Yeah. That okay. I've seen I've seen what I need to see here. 
with, right. w- you know, with the whole Deontay Wilder thing. What I find remarkable is the quality, the ability, and sort of just the the lasting effect that an Eddie Hearn blowjob has on the likes of Dillian White and Alexander Usyk, two heavyweights that are that are under the matchroom banner, that are both mandatory challengers, that are seemingly going to be bypassed for their mandatory shot at belts. White's has been going on a lot longer than than Alexander Usyk's, but the way that they've got this thing mapped out, Eddie's going to be giving a ton. Eddie's going to have to get gaped if he's going to hold on to these two guys. He's going to be ski poling. <laughs> Be careful, Eddie. You get to them black diamonds, boy. It's a little, it's a little rougher job there. You better, you better work them wrists out. Things get bumpy on those, you know. They do. They that's do. a that's a longer stroke, there, sir. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Ah, fucking. Uh, and from here moving forward, we will address Dillian White as the gym sweeper. On oh this show. man, that is just too funny. Hey, we have seen uh, some, you know. Whenever you see a uh, just a huge, um, uh, you know, deluge of training and exercise and workout videos from a fighter that has a reputation for being fat and lazy, yeah, right. Um, you know that good things are coming. I mean, Dillian White is getting in shape. I've seen him, him and Andy Ruiz killing the game right now. Aren't oh they? yeah. Kill absolutely killing it. I thought it was so funny. There's that one video of uh, of Andy Ruiz that he posted, um, and he's like holding like a weight on his chest, whatever, and he's doing Russian twists, yeah. you know. And he goes, "How many more crunches until I get a six pack?" And Jonathan Lear from the Ring Walk podcast, who happens to be a personal trainer, says, "Well, those aren't crunches. First off, yeah. Andy, those are called Russian twists." <laughs> and you probably already have abs, but it's covered in 300 pounds of flubber. <laughs> you ain't getting them, son. Oh, these guys and their videos. And it's the same sort of kind. It's it's the same kind of guy. It's the kind of guy. He's wearing some awful clean gear there in that, wor- <laughs> that workout video. Jeez. Oh, it comes from the same quality of personality, though. Guys that want you to believe oh, yeah. they're doing it, you yep. know? It's just like it's just like going back to the uh, beginning of the show. It's like the protester that's just out there for an Instagram shot. Oh. They want you to believe that they're out there protesting, but in reality, they're there for the clicks. Yes. Right? Dillian White, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really feel bad for him. I how, don't. How does anybody feel bad for Dillian White? His I, fan base is an odd bunch. They are odd. What are you backing here? He's been Deontay Wilder's mandatory for 18 years, Vin. And he's been offered a rematch with Anthony Joshua, and the money's not enough, and this, like, the, nobody feels sorry for Dillian White. Stop, no. stop feeling sorry for a guy who's tested positive twice in his, in his, in his fighting career uh, and, and came back off of testing positive looking like a fucking schlub and... and was a waste man was in the ring with the waste man and Marius Walk and made that shit go twelve rounds and, and, and set the sport of boxing back fucking two decades. <laughs> that is really dramatic, but hey, I agree with you. It was, it was fucking terrible. It was at least three decades, okay? <laughs> um no, look, if you connect the dots, okay, take all of it. The steroid stuff, take him, his personality, talking out of both sides of his mouth, his physical appearance, right? Yeah. When when I think of 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 Dillian White and I and I I sort of connect all this together. He seems like the kind of guy when it, and when it's time to piss or get off the pot, he's not really ready or interested, right? right? And then he's like, ah, 
you know what, I'm just going to act like I am, even though I know that it's going to take me a year and a half to get back in shape. But I'm just going to get out there in front of it and try to talk all this shit so people believe that I'm being shafted. If he were being shafted so hard, right, mm-hmm. if, he were, if he were getting ramrodded by a shocker of <laughs> epic proportions, right, would he still be with Eddie Hearn? Honestly, would he still be with Matram, or is he just such the victim yeah. that Eddie's been there for him the entire time? It's like, I got your back. I'm telling you, this shit's going to run its course. When you put every single priority into one fighter, everything revolves around Anthony Joshua. Yeah. And the fear, the the paranoia, it's the same thing. I don't, I'm not saying that this is the exact reason why Golden Boy got cleaned out, but when you got all your fucking attention on one fighter and you're not watching the rest of your house, you, yeah. people sneaking in the back door stealing shit. Yeah. Okay? And if I'm these guys, if I'm a Alexander Usyk and a Dillian White, I'm sitting here going, fuck you. You know what I mean? If, I, if you're not going to get me my shot, I'm going to go somewhere else. He basically just told uh, his other heavyweights that, hey, you're going to have to probably wait till about 2022-ish yeah. right. to get your shot. Right. There, there's no like you've you've now like the heavyweight division has now been mapped out for the next two years at the top, so all we're going to get to see is people shuffle between third and seventh place while all that happens. But but here's the irony of it: the irony is we always call for the best matchups. Yeah, the best matchup on paper is Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua. Yeah, right now as it stands, we're to, theoretically we are going to see Tyson Fury. Okay fight Deontay Wilder three times, Anthony Joshua twice, and having already dethroned Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, dude. And, and, and we're sitting here complaining. Well, not even really complaining, but we're we're trying to give the other side of the story here because yeah. we're, we know we're haters. Yes. But what about the other guys, Vin? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> We've been sitting here getting fluffed. We're starting to get scabs. Okay? <laughs> when are we going to get our shot? <laughs> I mean, dude. I I don't really like that means nothing to me like like I said it, it, it's if it's not legit it's which it's not right now which Frank Warren made very clear then what are we talking about we're talking about the possibility of something that was always a possibility <laughs> nothing fucking changed here so you're telling me there's a chance it's, yeah yeah one in a million <laughs> oh man I, I I'm I'm sorry man you know and I, I'm. Look, I have no like favoritism or anything towards any of these guys trying to crack shots at the title other than obviously I've been an Alexander Usyk guy, you know, from the beginning. And if anybody has technically through his through the WBO, he gets a shot because that's their rules, right? Well, Fury already said he'll drop the WBC cuz he ain't fighting Dillian White. He's not fighting bums. Okay. Well, there you go. Then one of the belts will be freed up. <laughs> Okay. So it won't even be a full unification. And you know, as soon as uh, as soon as Anthony Joshua loses, the IBF are going to are, are going to strip Tyson Fury again. Oh right? yeah, that's what I want to know. If that fight happens, right, and Tyson Fury beats Anthony Joshua in the first fight and becomes the the champion again, are these sanctioning bodies even going to let him run it back with Anthony Joshua? Because hey, if we're keeping up with our rules like the yeah. IBF did last time, they stripped him ten days after he beat Vladimir Klitschko. Yeah. Ten days the IBF did. <laughs> you never fucking know, man. He is not international enough. 
<laughs> he does not speak German or, or Russian. Somebody posted one of the IBF rankings in a weight class this past week, and it was like, oh, my God. Who are these fucking guys in the top five? Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I fight in the IBF. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, yeah. Again, we're talking hocus pocus here. Yep. You know, that's all we got. It is all we got. It is. Um, we got some more fights to um, critique. We'll give an honest. PBC's coming back, Ken. Oh, yeah? Yeah. PBC on Fox. When? Thomas DeLorme. I think it was. Ooh. Was it July 25th? Or? Thomas DeLorme. You know what? He was right before the COVID. Thomas DeLorme was almost there. He was on. He was on his way. He was on his way. Yeah. My lasting memory of Thomas DeLorme. Okay, this is my only memory. It's one of mine too. Of Thomas DeLorme was during the ring walk, after the ring walk, in the Turning Stone Casino in 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 Rome, New York. Okay of Lucas Matisse and Ruslan Provodnikov, and the Russian national anthem is blaring through the arena. This is a split-site doubleheader for HBO, and it is the sixth round of Terrence Crawford versus uh, Tomas DeLorme. And all I remember was the epic sound of the Russian national anthem and Terrence Crawford fucking knocking him out. Yep. That is my only memory of Thomas DeLorme. Yep. See, the- seeing him getting knocked out to the soundtrack from the Russian national anthem. <laughs> yeah, you, there hasn't been much happened since. Oh, no, then. there's something else going going on on that card too. The PBC card, Louis Neary. Is it, yeah, he's going to miss weight again and pop for steroids again. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> if he look, if he makes it to the ring, this is the risk in having a guy like Neary. It's one thing with Andy Ruiz. It's not that bad of a look for the Reynosos, right? Because it's like if Andy Ruiz doesn't work out, they'll be like, he just couldn't stop fucking eating. Everybody expects. Right. Everybody deserves second chances and third chances and whatever else. I believe in as many chances as possible. I love a redemption uh, story, mm-hmm. right? As long as it's not told by Mark Kriegel. As long as it's not told by Mark Kriegel. <laughs> exactly right. But like with Andy Ruiz, I think that there's a general consensus expectation that he's going to eat his way out of the Reynoso camp. Yeah. That, that Canelo's going to be like, this is a bad look. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get rid of this guy. Yeah. Right? What about Louis Neary? Is it cool though? Because Canelo already tested hot for steroids, so if Neary pisses hot, that was all. It's all Mexican meat, Ken. It's all oh, Mexican meat. Mexican meat. What if he continues to miss weight? I just, be like, they, I just hope they don't swallow each other's loads, because then well, they'll definitely be testing positive. That's a new thing. Are you sure it was from a load or from a dipstick? <laughs> I'm gonna go with load because it sounds better. I'm gonna just. She took a mouthful of potion. <laughs> she. To the brim, just full, gulped it. <laughs> that is the first. I've never in my life seen a, a fighter who tests positive for a foreign substance How about- and, gets, and gets completely acquitted of all charges because the reason was it came from her boyfriend. Just imagine like the balls it takes for a woman to come up there and basically admit, like, yeah, fucking swallow. Just fuck it. Let me ask you a a personal question. Uh You have dabbled in performance-enhancing drugs in your youth, correct? Correct. Did you, (laughs) during that time period that you were, what what, uh, kinds of substances were you may or may not have been taking? What were the names of some of these? Uh, I I, I took uh, just Anadrol and Test. Okay. Did you notice 
um, whatever girl at the time that you were smashing, did you notice that her traps and lats were getting more f- <laughs> more full, more stout? Were you like you're smashing her one day and you're like you're like, wow, do you do CrossFit? <laughs> yeah, after after like a couple cycles in six months, you do start to see some gains. In your girlfriend's <laughs> see too. Yes. <laughs> She comes, that, in, she comes. She comes in. in for a kiss, and you're like, "There's a lot of upper hair on that fucking lip now." <laughs> She's like, "I got fired, honey. What? What happened? I, I don't know. They said there was something in my urine sample. <laughs> he said something. Windstraw. He said it was a horse steroid." <laughs> <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever wonder why it became so much fun to speed bag my clit? <laughs> it looked like a baby dick by the end of it. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but I was like, you got some meat swinging. <laughs> and those aren't beef curtains. <laughs> Whoa, but it's so sensitive, though. <laughs> oh. Oh, that took a fucking... That took a wild turn there. <laughs> that, that to me is how. But that's how ridiculous it sounds. I know. I know. That's exactly it. It, it sounds. It's, <laughs> you are opening up for that type of conversation when you are saying that this is how you test. I mean, was it Mexican beef? <laughs> Get it? <laughs> hey, hey, maybe it was. They were like, we don't, we don't know where this came from, and they were like. Have you have you eaten anything recently? It's got some crema on it. Well, my boyfriend is Mexican. <laughs> Give me some of that Mexican crema. Her her lawyer says to her, oh, "Think of something. We got to think of something to get out of this. You got to think of something." Oh, I got it. <laughs> Your boyfriend's Mexican. He was in Mexico. He was eating beef. He busted in your mouth. You swallowed it. Boom. Got it. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Oh, I love boxing. <laughs> and Bob Bennett was like, oh, that sounds like a very believable story. <laughs> My wife's been swallowing for years. Uh, are you positive, Bob, that she tested? I'm positive. Absolutely positive. Oh, man. It's just so ridiculous. Uh, I, I, I just, I don't want like, this sport operates in, in a fucking alternate universe, man. It really does. An alternate universe inside of a bubble. Yeah, pretty in, much. Inside of a bubble. Um, hopefully that bubble gets swallowed by a black hole and wanders off into another universe. So <laughs> whoever lives there has to watch it. <laughs> because, um, look, man, it's just, boxing's got to do something. And... You can try to shield it and disguise it with what's going on in the world today, or you can try to um, tell us that you know we're ungrateful. And here's the thing. I think what a lot of people in this country and around the world are starting to realize is that we can't, and we've known this to a certain effect anyways, right? But it really hasn't impacted us. I think we're all beginning to realize whether it is on a real life impacting uh, sort of level, mm-hmm. or as a boxing fan, 
I don't really believe anything you're trying to sell me anymore. No. You know what I mean? I think that people that have been feeding you and telling you things have lost pretty much all of um, their credibility. Not to go from what we were talking about to such a serious note, but if you don't come out of this like questioning what the definition of freedom, your freedom is, Mm -hmm. eh, you got got problems. Because that's that's, that's the first thing that comes to my mind is, yeah, yeah, that 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 line that that Zach De La Roca sings at the end of freedom, uh, the song "Freedom," mm-hmm. and he screams "Freedom," mm-hmm. and then r- right after it screams "Yeah, right." That's he was fucking spot on. Well, that's why they have Mark Kriegel here, <laughs> right? Because if yeah. you say it a little slower it'll and all... a little bit more deliberate, yeah, it'll all start making sense yeah. for you. You know, yeah. what I mean? you'll jump right back in line for your food pellet. The wheels on the bus go round, round and round. round that's right. That is right. Um, <clears throat> all right. I think we knocked it out the box here, buddy. Yeah, we did. Literally and figuratively. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no excuses here if we get suspended for for foreign substance. Spotify will, will send us a, a nice deal, Ken. Will they? Yeah, I'm sure they will. Yeah, full endorsements and everything, right? Yeah. yeah. We'll have full control. We'll control the profits, everything. All right. Well, you let me know when you get that <laughs> when you get that email, okay? <laughs> All right. Well, let's just get the hell out of here. Let's do it, okay? Um, we'll be back with another exciting, cynical uh, edition. There's but, nothing. There's nothing else we can do. No, give us something to fucking talk about. Yeah. This is what you give us to talk about. We're the, gonna be honest about it. Yeah. Imaginary fights in make believe land, and a bubble inside of a fully operational, normal running casino. <laughs> It's a fucking bizarro world, buddy. I I bet you that they're all really there. All those top rank guys. Oh yeah, they're all really there. It's like the it's dude, just like that John Clayton commercial. They just have little setups behind them, but they're all really right there. And they're like, hey, uh, put a delay in there for effect. How about that? <laughs> get it together. Get on a fu- look. Don't act like you got to get on a plane. Tim Bradley and Andre Ward to fucking drive to Vegas from California. Yeah. You don't need to. So don't give me the, oh, well, you know, safety and this, that, and the other. Meanwhile, fucking Moretti's not even there in the bubble. He's in Manhattan Beach laying out in the fucking sun <laughs> back on the East Coast. Okay? He was taking pictures of Shakur, Shakur walking out. He, he wants that smoke, Ken. Oh, yeah. Sure, he was taking the pictures. Right? <laughs> Just like Bob's really there. Right? They take picture of Bob sitting in his fucking office in Las Vegas, right? And they just say, hey, put him in front of a table and put a sign next to him that says, hey, I'm here in the bubble. Give him a mask, too. Yeah, I'm sure he's there. He's the one that's been spreading the COVID. <laughs> <laughs> can't kill Bob. No, you can't. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, we appreciate all of you tuning in. Episode 279 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. We'll be back next week with another epic edition of the show. Try to cancel us and you will fail. Um, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, anywhere you get an audio podcast. Subscribe to the show and watch us on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. And follow us on Twitter at VinceCummings81 and at The Boxing Rant. Then, I hope you have a wonderful week. Oh, thank you, sir. Yep. It's stay, very kind of you. Stay on the front foot. Okay? I always stay on the front foot. Dodge that COVID. That's right. Take it on. Head on. Is she out there looking for you? Oh, she she is. She's going to get you. Exactly. All right, folks. Well, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the Boxing Rant Podcast. Rant.
but I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can get it.